You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the show, my friend. Today's episode is for all our photographers out there. Today, we have the incredible Cassidy Lynn on the show chatting all things photography. If you are not familiar with her already, Cassidy Lynn is a matcha-addicted wedding photographer turned educator from Grand Rapids, Michigan. She teaches photographers how to build their businesses from the ground up, and that is exactly what we are going to tackle today, a photography-intensive deep dive. Now, we pulled you, our podcast listeners, in our Heart & Hustle Facebook group to get these questions for Cassidy, and you delivered the goods, my friend. Cassidy answered questions like, how do you brand your photography business to stand out from the competition? And how do you break into the destination photography industry? As well as how to set up a successful styled shoot and the breakdown of her entire client workflow start to finish. It is a meaty episode, and we know you are going to walk away with loads of info. So bring a notebook and let's get started. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Cassidy, oh my gosh, welcome to the show. We are pumped to have you. Oh my gosh, hi. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. We just, uh, I have just followed you for a while now, and you are just so much fun and just such a, a industry leader in the photography world. So we're pumped to have you on the show. Just for anybody that might not know who you are, could you tell us about who you are and what you do? Yes. Okay. So hi, everyone. I'm Cassidy. Um, I am a photographer. No surprise there. Um, I do weddings. And recently, I would say like in the past two years, got into photography education, which... I discovered that's something that I really like to do. So I do weddings. um, I do photography education. um, I'm based in Michigan. I really like matcha. I'm actually drinking matcha right now. Um, Very on brand. It's totally on brand (laughs) for me. And I was like, you know, maybe I need to get a matcha just to be on brand right now. Um, (laughs) So I did. So yeah, that's, that's me in just a very brief little nutshell. I like how all three of us have different on brand drinks. Mine's black coffee. Evie's is chai and yours is matcha. We're just like a little trifecta here. (laughs) Have you ever tried matcha? I have. I like it. I just, I don't, I'm not obsessed with it the way that I know some people are. It's good though. It's such a pretty color though. I know. It is so aesthetic. I'm not one of those people though that like says it tastes like grass and I feel like a cow. Like I actually think it's enjoyable. (laughs) But (laughs) no, honestly, same. Chai is like my other default drink. So it's like, mm, I could do either. But you know, you can take chai. I'll take matcha. It's fine. Okay, perfect. Deal. (laughs) I'll just, I'll sit here. I'm sitting uh, drinking black coffee out of uh, a mug like that looks like chip from Beauty the beast i got it at disney world (laughs) oh that feels also on brand for you Lindsay. (laughs) we are just truly aligned with our own branding i love it well actually speaking of branding cassidy we got Mm -hmm. a bunch of questions uh pulled our audience for questions for you what they wanted to hear from you and learn from you um so if you're down we're just gonna do like a q a session with you yes hit me with all the questions (laughs) i love it perfect well 
Speaking of branding just flowed perfectly because the first question is from Holly Ann and she asked, uh, all things branding, how do you create a photography business that makes others, aka clients, think of you as that brand as opposed to just another photography service? Yeah. Honestly, that's such a good question. I think that's like kind of the question of the game. Like, how do you differentiate yourself from other people or like just from feeling like just another photographer, right? So mm-hmm. my my best answer to this question is your brand is literally you. And I know that's not like anything complicated or like unheard before, but like literally your brand is you. And I think a lot of people like underestimate the power of just being yourself in your business, yeah. you know? And I think like when you're creating a brand, there's this temptation to just like, I don't know, post the same things that everyone else posts and do everything that, you know, that everyone else does. But it's like, if you're doing the same thing as everyone else, your potential clients are going to view you like everyone else and think that you're just like everyone else. So that's probably like my my best answer to that is like your brand is you. And I can't tell you like exactly how to build that brand because it's based uniquely off your personality and the things that you like and dislike and um, how you, you know, approach photography and all of those different things. Um, I will say like building your brand presence on social media is huge. Um, And I think when you build your presence on social media, it helps differentiate you from other people because you're just like being yourself. And I think that a lot of photographers just kind of like try to create this brand of like, you know, it's just like wedding photography or just lifestyle photography, which is fine. But at the same time, like you are the person that's creating the images. And I think that when you kind of focus on the you aspect of it, um, that that's huge for um, creating a brand that just sets you apart. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well I, I think... Oh, <laughs> we're just too giddy. Okay, go. We're like, wait, we both have things to say. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think it's really important to Cassidy in that like you were saying it's, there's so many photography services out there. Mm -hmm. Um, but not only are you the person creating, you know, the final artwork or whatever, but you are also the person who's going to be spending a lot of time with that client. And the more you can connect with them before they ever inquire with you, the more they get to know and like you for you, as well as for your photography services, the more likely you're going to stay top of mind. It's like that friend that you know, that does X, Y, Z, or, you know, that friend who became a hairstylist that you love that friend. And you're like, I would love to go sit in the chair and work with Sarah down the street. Who's a friend of mine and chat with her for an hour. than some random person who's going to ask me if I'm dating anyone, you know, like those yeah. random mm-hmm. like conversations you're going to pick someone that you know and like and like have that connection with over somebody who maybe is a little bit closer or a little bit cheaper. So that's like Mm -hmm. just such a huge factor, like you were saying, Cassidy, of like at the end of the day, you are the biggest differentiating factor and you are what's going to set your brand apart from any other quote unquote photography service around you. Right. And people are so willing to pay whatever it takes to have a person that they feel like they know and they want on their wedding day. Like those, like the vendors are the, like those are the people that are honestly closest to the couple on their wedding day or, you know, just like a session or whatever. Like people will do pretty much whatever it takes to have the photographer of their dreams. I've Mm -hmm. seen it firsthand. I've been flown places and, you know, people will you know, pay beyond what their budget is because they feel like this connection with me that they've made, you know, on social media or whatever. Um, And it's just amazing what literally being yourself and 
just like putting yourself out there with your brand um, can do for you, you know? Yeah, well, totally. And when, when we're in the conversation of personal brand, like personal brand might not be the best choice for every business model out there. But with photography specifically, it is such a personal, intimate service. Like, I mean, yeah. we are getting in people's businesses, photographing their vulnerabilities. And in the case of wedding photography, we're full photographing one of the best days of their life and one of the most important milestone moments of their life. And I think people forget that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's like that it's so important that somebody like you just said, Cassidy, somebody hires somebody that like we are intimately connected with. Like we want to trust somebody that's going to be on our wedding day. And I always say this to like coaching calls, students and just like people in general, but on a wedding day, you're arguably around your photographer more than you are around like your spouse or your potential spouse potential spouse, your future spouse, um, <laughs> your partner, your husband, who, up in the air, who knows, <laughs> but like, it's like, you're around them all day. And it's like, you need to pick somebody that you trust. And as photographers, we can just utilize that so freaking powerfully to like showcase the value of like, we are the unique factor that we bring to the table. And when you center the conversation around you as like the differentiating factor, like no one can compete with you because no one's you like right. everyone can compete with each other on photos and, and art or experience or price, but like no one is you. And I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I have a question. It, that's not one of the questions that uh, people <laughs> ask. This is, this is coming from Lindsay. How did you personally, like, w- was there a moment where you switched in your business from being like just a photography business, trying to grow, trying to hustle to like actually understanding the value of bringing you and your personality into your business? And did, did you like see a switch because of that? Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I, I, thinking back on like my photography journey and everything, some, some things are blurred together. Um, (laughs) but I, I think the one point, and this is kind of weird, but the point where I feel like I started to take that personal connection, like seriously on social media was around the, the time that I started on TikTok actually. Um, and I think with TikTok for me, it was like, I understood that TikTok has to be a lot more like raw unfiltered content. Like that's what does well. And Mm -hmm. as a result of that, you're forced to create this raw unfiltered content that you normally wouldn't create on Instagram. So when I started kind of creating that type of content, I just saw this like boom or like this influx of people who were suddenly interested in my brand, like unlike I've ever had before. Um, And then seeing that on TikTok, I was like, wait, I can do this on Instagram too. So kind of translating it over to that, to my Instagram account as well. I think it was kind of at that moment for me that I was like, okay, personal connection is a big deal. And like, don't sleep on this right now. Mm. So I love that. Also, I I have another question. I'm just going to keep interrupting our (laughs) with like personal Lindsay questions. Do you, this is like completely, we're just getting all the things today. Do you cross pollinate and use your TikTok content on reels or do you keep them like individual to platform? Yeah, I do cross pollinate. <laughs> That's a like, fancy it. scientific word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I do um, use my TikTok content on Reels. Um, right now, I think that Reels is set up to basically mirror TikTok. I don't know if they're doing that intentionally or not. So it's a pretty easy thing to just like screen record your TikTok and just plop it onto Reels. But I I think there is like going to be a point and I think it's coming soon where Instagram's going to start to push out the videos that are original and like created in Reels. Um, But for now, it works. And I think the thing that's 
the hardest with the two different platforms is there's trending sounds on TikTok that, you know, are current right now, but, you know, they're not going to hit Instagram for three weeks. And then there's like sounds that are on Instagram that I haven't even heard before and they're not on TikTok. So yeah, there's like unique things to each of them. But if you're, especially if you're doing like a talking video or something that's like an original audio, it's really easy to just put it on both because that's going to perform well on both platforms. Love it. So good. Okay, Lindsay, are you done with all your personal questions? Yes, I'm so sorry. Okay, great. No, <laughs> no it's not a bad thing. I just was like, I'm moving on to the Q&A. Are you completed? <laughs> um, okay, so this one, Cassidy, is from Taylor Johnson, who said, what is the best way to book destination or out-of-state weddings? And how did you get into it? Mm, yes. Okay. So I'm going to start with the how did you get into it? Because I think that that will lead into some like good tips for destination or out-of-state weddings. So perfect. Getting into destination, um, I think my first ever like travel wedding was someone local to me who wanted me to travel. And I might go out on a limb here and say that this is typically how it happens. Someone finds you locally and then wants to bring you with them somewhere. Um, Most of the time as photographers, we do focus, um, you know, within our 50 mile radius or whatever it is. So finding that person that's based in Hawaii that randomly wants to fly you to them is, I feel like, more rare than like (laughs) someone that is based in your town, but then wants to do a destination. So my first couple of like travel weddings were literally just like people I knew that were from Texas and from Pennsylvania and from like, I don't know, all these different... I think those are my two first, like Pittsburgh and whatever, Texas somewhere. And then from there, it's just like you are advertising that you're traveling. And then people are like willing to fly you places. Um, I also kind of had a unique situation where I was living in New York, but I was from Michigan. So I was flying back and forth, like literally all the time. So I was constantly showing people that I traveled for photography, although... I was literally just traveling home and then like back to my other place. But it did help to show people like I'm on an airplane, like I travel for the weekend, I come home. Um, So that's kind of how it got started for me. Um, I think one of the biggest things for destination weddings is just like word of mouth referrals within your area and just like working on connection and relationship building. Because like I said earlier the more someone feels connected with you and feels like you are their dream perfect photographer, they will do whatever it takes to have you on their wedding day or you know, yeah. for a session or whatever. Um, for example, this girl that I did engagement photos for about a year ago decided she wanted a destination wedding, but she's from where I live. Literally, she's like, I'm getting married in Cabo. I don't care what you cost. Like, I'm having you there. Yeah. And then literally put the deposit down that day. And it was just because she had this experience with me already and she was just willing to fly me there. Yeah. Um, I think for just like advertising and kind of like marketing stuff, it's super important to be like a, just like a broken record. So constantly reminding people that you book travel, creating like a bucket list of locations you want to travel to. Even if you, you know, have a little bit of wiggle room in your budget, create like a trip for yourself and travel to the places that you want to shoot at. And then just like show that you've been there or book things while you're there if you can, or, you know, find a couple on the street while you're there and take photos of them. Um, I think all of those things are just going to like put in people's brains, like I travel, like I can do this and you can book me through this. And I think that's kind of how you get into it. Um, Yeah. I love that you just said that. Um, 
I, I think so many people like wonder how, oh, how do I get into travel? But then they're sitting there in Iowa posting <laughs> Iowa content, never <laughs> talking about travel, never showing them travel. And it's like, people will book you for what you put out there. Right. And that obviously applies to more than just travel, like yeah. niche and, and all of that. But I, I love that you said like, Hey, get out and travel, like go out and on your own dime even and do shoots and set up stuff. That's exactly how Evie and I started. Um, we just like made personal trips and started setting up styled shoots and, and did the whole shebang. Like, I like even that you said like, just grab a, like a stranger on the street. Like, like mm-hmm. I mean, don't be creepy about it, but like get in <laughs> yeah. the hustle mindset of, hey, if you want like a photo of somebody at, at, in the sand dunes of Colorado, like make it happen. Like that's literally yeah. what I did at the very beginning. So I love that you just kind of gave pre- people permission to do that. Yeah. And to just show that you're traveling. And I love that you clarified, like even like I was going home and that it yeah. still doesn't matter. It's like showcasing yourself on an airplane, showcasing that you're TSA pre-check because you travel a lot, showcasing just like, the fact that you are a traveler and like making that a part of your brand, I think it helps people kind of connect the dots. And then I feel like this almost even connects back to personal branding, like the first question, because it's like people will be more willing to fly you places when you are the only option that they're even considering. Right. And this is kind of horrible to say, but it's true. Like you control the narrative on social media, like of your brand, you control what people see and what they think about your brand. So if you want to book destination stuff, you control what you put out there. So like you said, stop, stop posting Iowa content, people. Like if you want to travel, (laughs) go to Hawaii and post those pictures or go to, I don't know, Southern California, take pictures. Like you just, you just have to control the narrative and that's what's going to get in people's brains what you do. Because if you're not actually doing it, like getting that first one is the hardest, right? Getting the first wedding, the first couple, the first associate wedding, like that's the hardest thing. And then from there it really is a snowball effect because once you get that first one, you can get the rest of them. So if it requires you pulling a stranger from the street, great. You could honestly even make a good TikTok about it. You could go viral from that. Like, yeah. come on guys. Like it's, you just have to put yourself out there, you know? Content idea Cassidy over here. Oh yeah. I Guys, my brain is full of these ideas and it's just bad. Because honestly, I don't, I don't think I personally would ever pull someone off the street just because I am actually terrified of what people would think of me. But I think it's a great idea and I think it could really like jumpstart you. Like That's a really a great idea though for someone to do that and then make a TikTok about that. And then what if, oh my gosh, what if they're strangers and then they become married? That's a movie right there. Okay. <laughs> it really is. Also, as we're talking, I remembered like literally when I was starting my photography business, I lived in Kansas at the time. And I remember I was like, I didn't have, I had like maybe a thousand followers, maybe, but I was starting to share my work. And there was this couple in Baltimore that was like, I really love your photos. I wish you lived here. And I was like, girl, I'm trying to become a destination photographer. How much? Like, I will come to you. And and she was like, we don't have hardly anything. And I was like, I will do it for the travel alone. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I think they paid my plane ticket. And I think that was it. And I was like, it's Baltimore. That's not even like Yosemite. <laughs> yeah. <But> like, <laughs> I was trying to like get in that hustle mentality of like, yeah. people, I want people to view me as somebody who just flies to Baltimore to do a shoot, even though I live in Kansas. So I love yep. that you said that too. Right. And this, I think someone said this to me once, like, if there's a place that you really want to go and someone is reaching out to you about that place, say like, this is my session fee. I'm not going to charge you any travel fees because I really want to go there, you know? And Uh like, if someone's willing to just pay for your time for the photos, like, 
those first couple of shoots, like just be willing to pay for your travel. Or if it's somewhere really cool, like freaking Bali, like mm-hmm. be like, I will pay you. Like, <laughs> come on, like let me come take photos of you. No, but yes. seriously, like you can just waive your travel fees if it's somewhere that you like already want to go. Yeah. Um, I think like... I, like, yes, when you're running a business, you need to obviously make sure that you have enough money to pay your bills and all that stuff. But at the same time, like quality of life, you know, like mm-hmm. being able to travel to cool places that you've always wanted to see and like experience the world, I, that's that's unmatched. And for yeah. me, like, like I would be willing to pay out of pocket to do that because it's just a cool experience. And those are memories. Like, yeah. I know I'm getting kind of deep here, guys, but like, seriously, like... <laughs> we I love it. <laughs> And emotional. Oh, I love that so much. I think that's so important that you said that too, Cassidy, because in a sense, like you were mentioning, like it's to me, it's not just even when you're first starting, it's not just getting your foot in the door in destination space. Like you have the ability as the owner and operator and CEO of whatever your business name is to make those decisions at any point in your career. And just to share like from my perspective, um, I've been like a full-time destination photographer for like six years. Like gone all over the world, been flown, all expenses paid all over the world to shoot like weddings, elopements, sessions, all of it. And I just recently had a couple inquire for Santorini, Greece. And I was like, just pay the elopement like rate, package rate. I will cover my own travel. Like at this point in my career, because they had a very low budget. And I was like, you know what? Santorini has been on my bucket list my entire career. Like I've always wanted to go there. I would love to work with you. Like I'm very selective with my couples. However, this is a great opportunity for us to like get over to Europe. And then my husband and I can like have trips over there. Like this far into my career, I still chose to do that. And I feel great about it. However, I'm not going to do that for every couple. I'm not going to do that for every location. I'm not going to do that multiple times a year. But I will do it on occasions when I feel like, yes, like you said, Cassie, like I will pay. Like this elopement fee will basically cover our travel and that's it. Like I'm not, my time and my editing and my shooting is not being paid, but that's okay. Like to me, it's worth it. It's that quality of life. So I love that you brought that up. I don't think everyone should do that at all times throughout their entire career. Like every session you're making those exceptions. But I think like you pointed out, Cassie, like there are times for that. Like make those exceptions, have that, you know, situation where you're like, I'm willing to not be paid as much to have this experience and to go there and it's worth it to me. So I think that's huge. Yeah. And I mean, you could even like at the beginning of every year, just kind of set, say like, oh, I'm going to do this for like two or three or like one wedding mm-hmm. or, you know, two sessions or whatever. So you kind of have a limit. So you're not, you know, going crazy. And then yeah. you end up broke. Um, <laughs> have boundaries. <laughs> right. Obviously. But like, you know, it's good to kind of just start the year and know like kind of what you want to do with it. And like, I, so I just did like a road trip across the US. So started in Michigan, across all the way to Yosemite and then up like into Oregon and then back um, and stopped at like a bunch of national parks. I've always wanted to shoot at whatever. And I mean, it was basically all out of pocket for me. I did model calls in all those places, but I could guarantee. And actually I have booked from those shoots that I've done in like, so I shot in Zion, you know, and uh, what other places like Grand Canyon. And from there, I was able to like book something in Zion. So it's, it's just cool to like go and just, I don't know, try something new. And it doesn't even have to be destinations. Like maybe for you, it's, um, I don't know, like getting into lifestyle photography or something that's different. Um, you know, you kind of just have to take the leap and Uh try it. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. 
It was still fun. (laughs) Amen. Well, I think one of the biggest things uh, with destination is people like getting in their head about the money. Because, uh, you know, when we just think of like, oh, travel, travel is expensive, which yes, it can be. But I, I think going back to the root of like, get scrappy, like drive places if you need, like go, which, you know, now gas is freaking so expensive <laughs> also. So like there is grace, but drive places like rent, like camp, like there's ways to do it where you don't have to like break the budget extra, extra, no, I don't know what word I was going to say. Astronomically, that's not a word. Um, <laughs> but astronomically, is that what yeah, you're maybe. for? <laughs> or I was going to say like, get scrappy in the sense of like, okay, say you live in Michigan, like Cassidy, and you're like, okay, I can't afford to even drive to California. Like girl, I understand. Or boy, if you're listening to this, I understand. <laughs> like, where could you go? Like, aren't there like sand dunes in Michigan? Uh, yes. Only like, an hour from where I live. Yes. dude. Like, so it's like, it's like pick where you live and look around you. I, in, even in Oklahoma, there's like salt flats. Like y'all. You're joking. No, I'm not. <laughs> I think Melissa Marshall shot there all the time. Anyways, but like there's like people or there's cool places everywhere. If you just look and hard and like find it like good enough, find it good enough. I can't talk today. I haven't had enough coffee, but (laughs) I think like get scrappy in the sense of like, go even just like an hour or two away and like find beauty where you are and then market that as if it's destination work. That's the last thing I'll say. (laughs) <laughs> I so something that just popped in my head when you said that um so I said I went on this road trip and I'm not trying to like undermine these really cool places because you know the, the places I went were really cool but you know when I went to Yosemite it, it was amazing and beautiful but at the same time I'm like okay do I really like want to be flying like you know two days out of like two a day there shooting for a day a day back when I have some places around me that I could get really familiar with and get really good at shooting at them and you know even if I have four or five locations that I rotate through and those are like those are my Yosemite and I can make them beautiful I think there's there's this mentality that you always have to go someplace cool but like if you find cool places around you even if they're just mediocre like make them cool and just get like so good at shooting at them that you like you are the pro you know when the lighting is good you know when the people aren't there like you just can nail that location I think that is also so valuable so for the people listening that can't do destinations like just just look around you boo you got it Mm. Uh, perspective shift that is ma'am i'm snapping fire i'm (laughs) snapping into the mic i love it i also want to tag on to that cassidy because you just reminded me of something that i noticed when i first broke into the destination space you have to not rely on a beautiful location to make your work good like i think it's very easy to rely on like, oh, the beautiful mountains or, oh, Yosemite and look at the like rock formations and, oh, you know, like all this stuff. It's very easy to almost use a good location as a crutch for good photography and good artistry. Mm -hmm. And there is something so powerful in getting dang good at your craft and dang good at your photography where you are, like you were saying, Cassie, like get good, become the expert at that location, know how to make it look better, know how to make your couples look good, know how to be creative in that space. Because if you, let's say you are someday uh, paid and flown to Bali or to Italy or, you know, wherever, you know, my work is going to be worth this couple's money and time, regardless of what the location around me looks like. Like if it's in a really dark, like Catholic church in Italy or something, I know I have the experience 
to be able to make it still look good. And you're relying on like your skill, not just the surroundings around you to create beautiful work. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was something I learned in like breaking into destination space. I was like, oh, I cannot suddenly use this as a crutch and be like, let me just do a wide angle shot and it'll wow everyone on Instagram. (laughs) Like, it's like, I have to be good. I still have to work on like my craft and my artistry. And I just think every photographer should keep that in the back of their heads. Like when we're shooting is not just expecting like the beautiful surroundings to make the work itself beautiful. Yes, I completely agree. I think you, I think you dropped the mic on that one. (laughs) We know that many of you listeners have Shopify stores and we have a great company to help you save even more money while shipping. Buku. Yes, from running EviSwim, I know just how complicated and time-consuming shipping can be. And today's sponsor helps take all of the headaches out of shipping. Buku Ship gives you the ability to dynamically rate shop, meaning that you are directly connected to multiple carriers and display the lowest shipping price in your cart. They empower stores to give an Amazon-style checkout experience, making your customers' shipping choices more about when the package will arrive and less focus on the price of shipping. Plus, Buku also helps Shopify stores expand shipping internationally without the headache. Like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yes. So to find out more, visit www.bukuship, that's B-U-K-U, ship.com forward slash heart and hustle to sign up for a free seven-day trial. And once again, that is www.bukuship.com forward slash heart and hustle for a free seven-day trial. And that link will be in the show notes as well. Hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part, (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. All right. Well, moving on to the next question. We camped out on destination photography for a long time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the next question is also from Taylor Johnson. Girlfriend had so much good questions, so many good questions. So she says, how do you get out of an editing funk? Ooh, switching the topic, but... That's a good question. Editing. Yes. Okay. So I find that nine times out of 10, it's not an editing funk. It is a shooting funk. Um, Ooh. Ooh, and, tea. Oh, yes. Tea. I know. I'm, I'm very controversial over here. Um, just kidding. I'm actually not. Um, <laughs> but but when, when you find yourself in this editing funk, I 
feel like it's more of a shooting thing. So I do a lot of a lot of editing sessions with people where, you know, they send me their raws and we edit through them, you know, with them. And you know, people will send me these inspo photos like, oh, I want my I want my work to look like this and this and this. And you have to look past the edit and actually look at the photo. So the lighting, beautiful, golden, right? Yeah. That's what most people send me. Um, the location, most of the time it's like mountain or like a big like open sky. So if someone comes to me and they're like, I want really like white and bright and like white and black type of photos where it's like, you know, just it feels really clean. Like there's the neutrals and just like white and black. I'm like, okay, well, you shot a session in the middle of the forest. So <laughs> your photos aren't going to look like that because you're not shooting at the locations that give you that vibe. So I think editing funks start with, okay, evaluate your photos, look to see how your photos match up with like what you're going for. Because if you want like a certain vibe, you have to shoot the vibe first. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first thing I'm going to say. If it truly is an editing funk, because that does happen, my biggest piece of advice would be take the time to actually learn Lightroom, like actually learn it, like the tone curves, calibration, how to make a preset, like learn the things that make edits good. So then you can go and tweak the current edit that you have or like make a good base. Um, so I think something else too, is just going and shooting something that's like different and inspiring to you too. So like a styled shoe or just like a uniquely styled session or something, something that's just like different. And I think this will give you like an excitement, not only to shoot, but also to edit it too. I think sometimes an editing funk comes from just like editing the same thing over and over again. If, if you guys are like me, if you're listening, like I shoot at basically the same five locations. And I do a lot of the same poses because why fix what's not broken? You know, like I I know it works and I know it looks good. So I do it every single time. And there comes a point where it's like, okay, I'm like, I'm doing the same thing over and over. And sometimes you get a little bored or you feel like, okay, I'm in a little bit of a funk. So I think going out and shooting something different too really helps because it just kind of like puts a little spark under your butt and just gets you excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and the last thing that I'm going to say is just finding like a base preset that matches the vibe that you're going for. I know for me, I like my first like year and a half of photography, I was using a preset that I just did not like. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize that I didn't like it until like I tried this other preset and it was exactly what I was going for. And it made like the world of a difference. And I actually liked editing. Um, yeah. And I'm not trying to sit here and say like use a preset as a crutch because like I said, like one of my main points is take the time to learn Lightroom to know how to tweak things to get Mm -hmm. the look you're going for. But using a base preset does kind of like jumpstart you in the right direction so that you can get that vibe. But at the same time, you want to learn and understand it too. Mm -hmm. Totally. I can attest to that. Like when I was starting my journey with photography and I found a preset that I loved, like that's when it like clicked for me. And I was like, oh, I can tweak this to like feel, have an edit that feels like me. So I like that you said that. I also like that you said it's like mostly a shooting issue because like (laughs) nine times out of 10, a bad edit isn't a bad edit. It's the, a bad lighting scenario Mm -hmm. or like, Mm -hmm. like you, you didn't, the photo raw is not good. Right. Mm -hmm. Like point blank. Um, so I love that you said that because I think I, I honestly like 95% of photography is just understanding light. Like, yeah. Maybe not 95, maybe like 90, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> maybe 85, whatever. It's posing is important too. <laughs> it's true. I think it's also, you know, like you said, Cassidy, it can be very easy. I mean, 
photography can be pretty high stress, especially if you're in a situation where you're really trying, like you're in that hustle push mode of trying to get more clients, trying to build up your reputation and your business and you know all of that stuff. You can feel a lot of pressure in your work of like, this has to look like as good as I want it to in order for me to get more clients, in order for me to charge more, in order for me to like put food on the table for my family. Like if you're in that season of really trying to find and nail down your editing style, most likely you're in the season of really building and establishing your business. So I love that you pointed out, Cassidy, like it can feel like pressure, stress, maybe repetitive. Um, and to get out and, and do something creative that's going to kind of light that fire again and remind you of like, why you love doing what you're doing and to look at the artistry of it and to have fun with it. And I think that's huge at any stage in business. Anytime you're feeling that creative funk in what you're doing, have a way to create simply for the joy of creating and to remind yourself of what's fun and why you love it and get yourself kind of out of that like hamster wheel, like repetitive go, go, go mode where there's pressure attached, like remove the pressure and see how fun it feels at that side. Right. I think like at the, at the core of it all, you just have to do something different. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same results. So in order to get something different, like you have to do something different. I literally, I think I'm quoting JLo right now. Cause I don't know. (laughs) Did you you guys see um, Marry Me, JLo and Owen Wilson's movie? No, I want to see that so bad though. Okay. First of all, stop what you're doing. Pause (laughs) this episode, go watch it. okay? Okay. Then come back to this. It is so good. But what she says, literally JLo, the queen herself says, I think it's like, if you want to do something different, like, or if you want to, oh gosh, I don't know. Something about doing something different. Okay. So basically (laughs) when, when you're like doing the same thing over and over again, you have to just stop and do something different and either see things from a different perspective or choose something different. So things that pop into my head, do a mentorship where someone literally helps you edit your photos with you. That would be a great way to get like a different perspective. That's something different. Going and shooting something that's creative and something maybe that you don't normally shoot or something that you feel really passionate about. Like that's just stopping what you're doing and just shifting things a little bit. That And because we as like creative entrepreneurs, we start our business from a hobby typically, Mm -hmm. right? Like we start it from something that was just fun and then realize we can make money from it and make a business out of it. And so we do it. And so we we lose sight of that like hobby fun part of it. So I think kind of getting a different perspective on things and just shaking things up really helps with any funk. Like you guys are saying, just like any business funk, you just got to get inspired. So good. So good. I love it. Okay. Next, <laughs> we're the same person. We say the same things every time. So we <laughs> literally do. Okay. Next question is from Jelami. And she said, how do you set up a successful styled shoot for the first time and put the word out to other photographers to get them to pay or join the styled shoot? Ooh, yes. Okay. So my answer is a couple of parts. So just kind of bear with me as I go through this because the it's a loaded question, first of all. So <laughs> the first thing that I think um, for style shoots, um, and I'm going to talk about like in a minute of how to set it up, but one of the first things is you need credibility when you are putting the word out to other photographers. You need credibility of some sort. So I'm thinking doing a shoot similar to like what you're planning, but doing it just by yourself. Um, That's one way to get credibility by just having the experience of planning a shoot like this and being able to show like, oh, I've put together a shoot before. Or 
shooting like a styled shoot in the past. So capturing it and kind of be, being a part of it. I think just like the cre- credibility... I, I don't know why I can't say that word. Cre- the credibility aspect of it <laughs> is huge for photography. I'm actually like <laughs> jumbling over my words so much right now. I'm sorry. We are one in the same. We're yeah. all in the same boat today. Don't worry. Perfect. Amazing. I think it's just the word credibility. I don't <laughs> nice. think I've said that word in a while. So <laughs> awesome. I think... So when it comes then to like um, just getting other photographers to like be a part of the style shoot, advertising your vision and exactly what's going to be included. Um, Personally, when I attend style shoots, like in the past, I always look for like, what seems legit? Like, do they know what the plan is? Like, am I not, am I just buying a ticket and it's going to show, I'm going to show up, it's going to be a crap shoot or it's, is it like, they have a plan for like how many models, how many looks, like, you know, they know exactly what they want the, the day to look like. So I think that's huge when it comes to like advertising is just like telling people what your vision is, exactly what's included. You kind of have to take charge. Like truly, mm-hmm. when you're planning a style shoot, it's about being in charge, right? Like you're planning it, you're in charge of all of it. So like be in charge. Yeah. Like don't wait for people to ask questions, answer their questions before they have it. That's literally like a thing that you do with photography clients too. So like if photographers are your clients, do the same thing, answer their questions beforehand. When you're planning a style shoot, even if two or three people choose to attend, it's worth it. So I think like your, you know, your first shoot, if you get like, you know, even just one person that's interested and wants to do it, it's so worth it because you're creating a connection with them and a relationship with them. Um, and like you're shooting this awesome content. I think like setting up a style shoot, it's so important to just like set up a shoot that you would be willing to photograph whether or not people buy tickets because you can't, you can't always expect everything to be like super successful the first the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you plan a shoot, no one buys tickets, fine. Like you still get to shoot it and it's yeah. still going to be awesome. So I think that's like a huge thing to remember too. Yeah, it's always going to be worth it just because it's portfolio p- building, giving you experience. Um, even if you like fail, like that's a good experience and you can learn from that. So setting up the actual shoot, like the actual steps for it. Um, I've done a few shoots by the way. So just so you guys know, I'm not just like, talking here. Like I've done like a couple of these shoots. Okay. So the first thing that I always do is I create like a vision board. Um, so hop on Canva, get on, literally type in like mood board or vision board, pick the cutest template and then go on Pinterest, create a board of like what your vision is. It's important to know like how many couples do you want? Or, you know, if it's not couples, like how many just like looks are you going for? What do you want the vibe of each look to, to look like? Um, when you're contact- contacting vendors, that's something that they're going to want to see. And, and even with venues too, you want to like show that you have your ducks in a row, first of all, but then show like you're going to be a good fit for this because this is what I'm going for. So the vision board is so huge. Then the next step would be trying to find a place to do it and a date. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know, style shoots are basically like weddings, honestly, like, except it's not really for like your guests, it's for photographers or for you. So you want to get your venue and your date like first and foremost, because then the rest of your vendors are going to be like based off of that. So um, finding a venue that fits your vibe, sending your vision board to them, date, whatever. Um, Then you want to go and find your other vendors. So models, decorations, dresses, hair, makeup, like all that stuff. Um, Then once all of that's done, marketing. Um, I personally don't think you should start like advertising it until it's like happening because you don't want to like promise this big whole shebang and then no vendors 
do it. And then it's just like, well, crap, I have all these photographers coming. So um, then you want to do the marketing at this point and just kind of like very clearly communicate your shoot. Um, And then obviously, like, I think the, like just a tip for the planning aspect of it is being so clear with your communication with your vendors and your attendees. You you don't want to leave like any questions unanswered or like leave someone with a bad taste in their mouth about your brand because you know you weren't organized or like the whole shoot was crazy and like no one knew what they were doing. So if you can just have the best communication that you can, just remember like a styled shoot, yes, it's for content, but at the same time, it's for building relationships with vendors and photographers. So you really want to make a good impression with it. You don't want to just plan it if you don't have a bunch of time. Like this is a first impression. So like, really take that seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's so good. Literally everything you just said, Cassidy, like people write that down. It's so yes. good. Um, <laughs> I would also say like, you don't have to do a style shoot alone. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be the sole person planning it. Like I would recommend if you have any connections with like a wedding planner or an event planner or um, another photographer even who is down to help, like planning a style shoot can be... Uh, a decent amount of work. There's a lot of a lot of moving parts depending on what you're doing, the size, like all of that. Um, so you don't have to do it alone. Like feel free to grab a fellow photographer friend from the area who's also down to get some portfolio or whatever and like share the responsibilities, like split it. You tackle these vendors, I'll tackle these vendors. You know, that way you're not doing everything alone, especially on your first one. It can be a lot to juggle. So that's just something I wanted to throw in there of like, I remember my first style shoot. Oh gosh. Uh, back in, I don't even know, 2017, a while back. And there was a lot of moving parts and it turned out pretty good, but I could have done things so much better. And I just didn't, I didn't know. It was like my first style shoot. I'd never even attended one before. And it was across the country. Didn't even live in Joshua Tree whatsoever. (laughs) I was in Ohio at the time. So I was just like, yeah, let's plan this in a place I've never been. It turned out fine. But I'm like, I kind of wish I'd partnered with another photographer or planner or somebody to like help me tackle some things. But that's just from my own experience of like, don't necessarily have to do it alone if you don't want to. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Especially like in a place you don't live. It's important to get help. And I think that's just like an overall lesson. Like don't yeah. be afraid to get help and to like mm. have people help you, especially if you're like trying to plan it in any month that you're like not in the middle of busy or in the middle of busy season. So like yeah. literally April to, I don't know, like October, like yeah. that's usually <laughs> when the weather starts to get amazing. So it's like, you're probably going to be busy. So yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help from planners, photographers. I mean, you can even ask someone that's just like, interested in getting in the wedding industry too, that might be a good opportunity for someone that Mm -hmm. maybe isn't a planner, but aspires to be a planner or -hmm. just like, I don't know if your sister's good at planning things, like have (laughs) your sister do it. I was literally like, if your mom is a good host, ask her to help. (laughs) For real. (laughs) My mom has helped literally every single shoot I do. My mom and my sister are there. My mom is so great at like greeting people. It's like, why not? Like they're they're there to help you. Like, Heck yes. I support that. I like I like that we're talking about this. My first style shoot that I ever put on, I actually did with a photographer friend and we did it when we were attending a workshop in Brooklyn. And so we went to the workshop, but then we were like, hey, let's do like a New York City shoot. And so we like rented a studio, but I had her to like plan it with me. So it wasn't like I was doing it alone, which I think definitely helped. But we had like a model, we had two dresses. And so, and it wasn't even like, I, 
I, the last thing I want to say about styled shoots is like, it doesn't always have to be like this whole like big thing. Like it doesn't, I mean, it's great if it does like have like a tablescape and all of this, but not every styled shoot has to have that. Yeah. And, and it is nice again, because then you can like dictate the style if you're wanting to go into like a certain style of wedding photography. If you do a tablescape, like you get to set that tone, um, but you don't always have to. Like it could be even, even just like an elopement styled shoot where really all you need at the bare bones is like a person in a dress, <laughs> a dress, and then like, if you're getting scrappy, they could do their own hair and makeup and like grab some flowers from a field, right? Like yeah. that's scrappy. But like there's there's different levels of styled shoots that you can obviously go, you know, to the wall. Or like, I was about to say, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know what you were about yeah, to say. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the wild one that like, uh, literally, I just, you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Anyways, okay, <laughs> great. Okay, last question from our audience is from Allie. Cassidy, I would love to hear about your client workflow. What is your process from getting an inquiry to booking the gallery? Sorry, sorry. From getting an inquiry to booking to gallery delivery. Happy to happy to answer this for you. <laughs> um, my answer, honestly, is very straightforward. I could just walk you guys through the whole process. Um, this is just how I do things. And even before I jump into it, what I would encourage you to do is like sit down and think about all of the touch points you want to have with your clients from when they reach out all the way to booking to gallery delivery. What do you want to say to them? What do you need to communicate to them? Um, and then from there create a workflow um, because everyone's workflow is different based on how hands-on they are or like the things that they send to their clients. So just keep that in mind. This is These are kind of the touch points that I have with my clients. So um, obviously, someone reaches out. Okay, that's inquiry. Um, then I prefer to have like an automatic email that gets sent to them. That's one of my touch points I think is important. I think it just kind of... I don't know. It, it communicates to them like, hi, thanks for reaching out. Like, I'll get back to you soon. But also just like gives them a link to like a video where I greet them and say like, you know, basically the same thing. I give them like a scheduling link or links to my blogs, just like extra things so that they don't feel like they just are left hanging. They just sent an email and they're just left hanging waiting for an answer from me. Like they get just a little something, something right away. Mm -hmm. um, then I'll... Another touch point is then obviously my initial response, which is like my long pricing email, my initial response. Um, that I think like one of the biggest things contribute contributing to that email is on your contact form asking a lot of personal info and asking like the info that you need in order to respond personally and respond well to an inquiry. So if you want to know like a venue, like it's really important to know a venue so then you can respond in that initial email and you know talk about the venue. Maybe you've shot there before. Maybe you can send them a full gallery from that venue. But you never would be able to do that if you don't ask in the first place. So that's just a little tangent on that. Um, then typically, I will do like a phone call. So um, a big thing with phone calls is using a scheduling link. I think that scheduling links are a godsend because like, why go back and forth about when you're free when you can literally just send a link to your schedule. So phone calls, that's a huge time where I feel like I really create personal connection with people. And then at that point, obviously, people are you know, book with me and then, um, you know, invoice and contract through HoneyBook. Then after that, so after they're for sure, for sure, it's like this is happening. Um, I will send a wedding guide. Um, and I think with the wedding guide, this is just a touch point that I think is really important because I personally have booked photo sessions where um, I book and then I don't hear from my photographer until two days before the session. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just immediately being like, I'm here for you. Here's... 
tips. Here's what you need to know. Here's vendor recommendations. Like, I think that's huge for just like your clients feeling cared for, honestly. Yeah. Um, so that's another touch point. Obviously, then we do like an engagement session and talk back and forth about that. Um, I send a questionnaire at that point um, around 30 days before the wedding. So there is kind of a gap between like the wedding guide engagement session and then to the questionnaire. Um, so questionnaire, and then I'll do like a little timeline with with them, maybe hop on a call. Um, that's kind of optional. I don't think every person needs a call. Like some people are just really organized and you know, I just feel good not having a call with them and other people want that call. So I just kind of offer that. Yeah. And then my last touch point is just like a prep email that goes out, you know, within the week of their wedding, reminding them like, hey, set your details aside. Like, um, make sure your family knows to stick around after the ceremony, you know, little things like that. Um, and then obviously shoot the wedding, do some previews 48 hours after and then send the gallery. <laughs> So, so there it good. is. That was <laughs> so good. There's so many freaking things I want to talk about in that because that was brilliant. First of all, the automated email immediately with like after a video with brilliant. So I go do that. Yes. I'm like, yes. shoot, I'm writing that down. Okay, I, know, I was like taking notes. <laughs> yes, honestly, like and filming the video is so awkward because it's like, who who am I talking to here? But I think like just creating that connection in the initial email, like the automatic email, it's just like an extra thing that sets you apart, right? So... Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, no, like even just like writing like a little, like even filming it on your phone, like it doesn't have... I think when people think that, they're like, oh gosh, I have to have like a lighting studio. No, dude, like (laughs) do a phone video and upload it to Vimeo and then link it in that. uh, That's so brilliant. So brilliant. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. I love Cassie that you just were like, yes, let me tell you everything and broke it down. I think that's so good. Just for photographers, like take notes on everything Cassie just said and <laughs> begin to implement it because that is pure gold. I love it. Lindsay, do you have anything else on that? No, I just am. It was so good. It was so good, Cassie. Thank you for sharing that. Of I know course. like our listeners are going to get a lot of that. <laughs> awesome. I mean, yeah. And like I said, like it depends on each photographer too. Yeah. So like sit down and figure it out because I think like the more personal your workflow is, the better it's going to work for you. And this is just personal to me because this is how I would want to be treated as a client. So, Well, actually, the last thing I will say on that is I like that you mentioned that you've booked photographers and and then like haven't heard from them until like two days before, you know, the shoot or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I like that you use that example because I I think that's really good for people to remember is like put yourself in your client's shoes. And, and, And whether it's photography or not, like whether you've shot like or hired a photographer or just hired a service in general and like they ghost you, they don't walk you through the process. Like you don't feel held and loved and cherished as uh, someone who's paid them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like that's important. And so if you put yourself in that position, think of the questions that you would have. Think of the things that would just be nice to have. Like that email that like has a wedding glide glide. Wow. Guide or just like (laughs) gives them tips, gives them resources, gives them vendor recommendations. Like that is incredible. And obviously that can apply to not even just photographers that can apply to anybody that's, that's a service-based provider. That's like, Hey, lead them along the process and like really give an incredible client experience. Cause that's going to go light years above like what they're expecting usually. Right. And I think that guide too is a really good outline for any type of photography, like Mm -hmm. senior photography, like send a senior outfit guide, like Mm. send a location guide. Like it it can work for multiple niches too. Um, And you kind of just customize each workflow for each niche, depending on like what you feel like you're constantly communicating to people. So if you're constantly telling people, here are some locations we can shoot at. Here's some outfits you can wear. Um, Here's what you need to know. Like 
put it in a guide and then yeah. automate it and then never think about it again. And yep. then, you know, it's easier on you and it's easier on them. So I think that can be customized for really any any niche within photography too. So good. Uh, Cassidy, this has been such a fun conversation. I feel like I could talk to you for days on end. So (laughs) I hate wrapping this up. However, we know that you have a lot more resources for people to binge consume education from you, to follow along on your own photography journey, all of the things. So where can our listeners find you and just stalk you and love you? (laughs) Be a part of your community. Yes. Please binge and stalk my content. It's literally why it's there. Um, So also, thank you guys so much for having me on the podcast. Literally, it's been a dream. Also, I didn't tell you guys this, but I actually like listen to your podcast like super frequently when I was first getting started. I actually used to walk. um, I lived like in the middle of nowhere in upstate New York and I used to go on these walks and download your podcast and walk. It was like a business walk. So that's amazing. That makes me really happy. I had no idea. Yeah. So just so you guys know, you're doing good things. You're impacting people. Um, So anywho, enough about you guys. Back to me. Um, (laughs) Yes. yes. (laughs) Um, My podcast, that's probably like my biggest resource right now. It's called Oh Shoot. Um, Photography related, a little bit fun entertainment, but also, you know, obviously education stuff on there. Um, On my TikTok, you can find me. It's Cassidy Lynn Photo. Um, Lynn is with an E, by the way. I think like a lot of people don't realize that. But yeah, Cassidy Lynn with an E. And then Instagram is just at Cassidy Lynn. Um, And then I mean my website and stuff, but that's all linked on my socials. So yeah. Love it. We will also put all of that in the show notes. Cassidy, thank you so much for being on the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so excited just to have you and introduce you to our listeners. And also that was just so fun that you were a listener and that's just a full circle moment. So thank you for being here. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for having me, guys. 